Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. Scarcity? Yeah, COVID twice, and they're my second time of COVID. Wife and I, Danielle, what's up, babe? Shout you out. Um, she's awesome. I'm blessed. I tithed extra. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, oh, can you hear me? Cool, we're here. Um, yeah, I was reading. I was reading Genesis because I'm an Old Testament freak. I love. Yeah, I love the Torah. Like, I love the very, very like. Like, if I could like just stay in Genesis for all my life, I would. Um, it's just so good. But I had a, a word from the Holy Spirit about being patient, um, about hearing from God, persevering in faith, and and waiting, and then learning how to go. Um, and it all it all comes down to. To, to this simple concept, not forsaking the ravens, okay, not forsaking the ravens, that was even my title for the night, but my title was goofy, it was red light, green light, um, but you can title it a red light, green light, you can title it uh, don't forsake the ravens, you can t- title it who knows, whatever you want to call it, call it that, who knows, whatever you want to call it, um, it's going to be a good night, let's pray, sound good? All right, man, Holy Spirit, mighty God, we just thank you for tonight. I think that isn't about me or the worship team or um, even Faith Heights. It's about you. It's about your word being read out loud and, uh, man, just going to the depths of our, of our hearts. God, so I pray that this time right here can just encourage um, a new depth. As Pastor Garrison preached yesterday about, um, man, just a new depth in our soil, in our spirit. God, let this word, God, penetrate the depths of our being. God, let it encourage us, let us convict us, let it transform and change us, God, and make it, just let us uh, uh, run towards you, towards your grace. Uh, we pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, I am, um, I'm the youth pastor. I am just, I'm blessed to, to do what I get to do. I got some of my youth team in here, and uh, we have a good time. Um, we're, we're a pretty diverse group of people. Um, our youth ministry is pretty diverse. Um, we got people from Oregon and, and Washington and uh, the Lord and the God forsake place called California. Um, see, I, hey, watch your mouth. The Holy Spirit's in California too, okay? All right. Hey, I, I'm a California kid. Um, born and born and raised. I call Idaho home now. I wear a local sweatshirt. I'm not a local, but I've been here for like 12 years, so I count it. Um, but, but being from California, I do this thing called California Stop. You know what a California Stop is? My wife makes fun of me because I'm a dangerous driver. She's like, babe, you're going 40 miles per hour in the snow. I'm like, yeah, I got four-wheel drive. I don't know how that works. I could drift. If you see me driving this week, you can do, right? You test them. Yes, Josh, you know, I was, yeah, a little hit the bank. It's all good. <laughs> um, didn't get whiplash, though. Where you at? Didn't get whiplash, though. Come on. Hey, um. But I do this thing called Zoom. That's funny. I do this thing called California Stop, and my wife kind of calls me out for it, so I'm, I'm working on my patience. Um, but we live in Nampa. We're 2C, dirty deuce for life. And, uh, and uh, we, have, we have roundabouts in Nampa, uh, and they're the bane of my wife's existence. She does not like roundabouts. She hates waiting her turn. You know, she hates waiting, like, try to time it right. Like, you try to, like, you see a truck come, like, okay, I could beat this truck. And then you, like, hesitate, right? And you're, oh, no! 
You're like, sorry. <laughs> you know, you know the, 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 the two finger like, I'm so sorry, right? And they give you one finger back. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and I feel like even in California, like we don't have traffic yet here in Idaho. Um, like, trust me, we don't have traffic here. We don't have traffic. Traffic is so bad in other states, they have stoplights to get on the freeway. I despise those things. I'll put like a little coat on my uh, passenger seat so I can be a, a, a carpool driver. It's me and the Holy Spirit, but we're going, we're going 95. Let me live my life. But my issue is that I just hate waiting. Like even like my spirit, like my flesh, like who can, like, can attest to like we have a hard time waiting. We have a hard time waiting. And then when it's time for us to go like on the roundabouts, we kind of like hesitate a little bit. We put a little hezzy, you know. Right? Like that's how that's how my spirit is. But I feel like I've been trying to learn um, through what people in the Old Testament and New Testament and what Jesus is walk and what his his lifestyle looked like. And so I'm really pressing myself. And I want to just encourage you guys tonight uh, to lean into this message tonight. Um, because I honestly believe that, that tonight can be a catalyst, not just for your life but for your generations, for your families and your families' families. Uh, I'm a youth pastor, so for the youth kids to see you guys, um, for the kids who were in first grade through 12th grade, like I believe that this right here could be a catalyst message if you have your hearts open. And then after you hear, you obey it. Um, but let's just talk about learning how to wait and go. So talking about um, Old Testament characters, there's this character called, whose name's Noah. He's called Noah. His name's Noah. I don't know what they call him. Probably like Noah or something in Hebrew. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't speak Hebrew. But he's found in the, in the Hall of Fame um, of faith. And that's found in um, Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn your books to Hebrews chapter 11 or try to look past me. I'm not a good window, um, but it should be up there. Um, and it says this in Hebrews 11 chapter 1. Or Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, thinking about Noah, it says this in verse 7, by faith, say faith. faith. Noah, or Noah, <laughs> when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the whole world and became the heir of righteousness. Righteousness. That is in keeping with the faith. Now, I, I hope that this um, message tonight will encourage you and, and challenge you. And honestly, more than anything else, I hope that you can go back into your cabins or on your drive home um, tomorrow and look at the story of Noah found in Genesis chapter 5 through 11. And you can read what Noah did, how he did it, what he went through, the ups and the downs, the trials and the tribulations, the specific words Noah heard and how he ended up doing it. Um, Because I believe that more than me, the word, the word will do what it is worth to do. So Noah heard something. Say hear. So we've been talking about hearing from the Lord um, for the past like three weeks, two weeks. Thanks, Bridgie. Two weeks. And I love this. Noah heard. Now, Noah heard some pretty specific instructions. 
Like some pretty specific instructions. Don't believe me, read Genesis. Read it. I mean, like there's two chapters of all the instructions of what, from, the, from the animals to the size to the type of wood, like so much instructions. So Noah heard specifically from God. And I feel like a lot of us, we're, we're kind of just, just waiting for specific instructions for the Lord, from the Lord. But can I just be honest, in, in those moments, um, having those like specific instructions takes so much faith. Like, he had to move so carefully. It says that in Hebrews 7, or 11 verse 7, that in holy fear, he built the ark. Like, he was like, not that he was like ashamed or like trembling from the condemnation of God, but he had so much honor. He had so much honor for what God said to him and the details of how he said to do it that he was in fear. He would miss a single detail, a single animal. Noah was so specific because God was so specific in how he heard. And I feel like some of us have specifics from God the past few days. And now the question is, what do we do with it? Like we even like heard like a small like little glimpse of what Jesus told us to do or how he's kind of preparing our hearts. And you're kind of wondering like, okay, I, I heard a word, I think. I think I heard a word, or maybe I was my gas, my belly. I don't know how that works. I don't know, like a burning in the bosom. I don't know. Um, and I hope I heard from the Lord. Maybe I heard from him. So, like, now what do I do? And let's just be honest. The first part is, is hearing, and the second part is responding. See, what's crazy about Noah and hearing, and this is my last part on the hearing part, because I'm going to go from hearing to persevering to waiting and then going. But when Noah heard, it sounded a little crazy because there was, they'd never seen rain fall from the sky. Like, and the fact that Noah built a boat that big, it was unheard of. Maybe the reason why God gave you such uh, specific instructions is because what he plans, what he has planned for you is so unheard of and it hasn't been done. He's giving you direct details of what he wants you to do. I wrote this down. I think this is so true. I love this. I'm getting ahead of myself. But we, we so often hear a word from, from, from God, and then we take our time and use our, like, great logic to like, deconstruct what happened. Yeah, you know, I went to, sorry, pause. I wasn't raised in the church. Okay, I'm talking to myself five years ago. So if this offends you. I'm sorry. Get over it. Fix your heart because I'm not making fun of you. I'm walking with you. Okay. Like, like for us, it's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I heard from the Lord, but I had too much gluten. And so I was kind of like, I didn't really feel good, but everyone else raised their hand. So I raised my hand. Now I was in the back and I was avoiding eye contact. And then he saw me, called me out. And like, like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't the Lord. And like, we have these moments of like having a God encounter. And then we like go home in like a couple of weeks and we forget or we use our, our, our amazing logic because we're so much wiser and so much smarter than the creator, the alpha, and the omega. And then we go home, and then we're frustrated. We're upset. We complain that we never had an assignment. You go home like, you know, I was never called. I was never equipped. I wasn't seen by God. But if you remember correctly, today, the Lord spoke to you. And stop comparing but how God speaks to you. Hey, you're not Ricky. You're not Ash. You're not waving flags. I'm not waving flags. 
I got a bad wrist. It pops all the time. You hear that? It pops. All right? I can't do that. I can't even jump. I got a bum knee. Okay? But because God speaks specifics to some people, doesn't mean he's not speaking specifically to you. God is so infinite, he can speak to you right now on this side and to you on, at the exact same time. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, he's everywhere and through and in all things. But I love this. Noah didn't complain about his assignment, he just did it. See, he was assigned and he was warned that in 120 years a flood was going to come. And it says that scholars said that it took Noah 70 years to build an ark. And you're probably wondering, okay, wait a minute, Rob. Obey immediately, but it was 120 years, and some people say it took Noah 70 years to build an ark. What happened in between that time? And this is where the perseverance comes in. Perseverance. See, there's some pretty cool Jewish traditions that Noah planted millions of trees in preparation. It took Noah about 50 years, the time gap, to prepare to build the ark. And we're so frustrated we're so frustrated. We're so frustrated. Bro, you're not even 50 yet. You're not even 18. You're a baby. You don't even have a mustache. Ladies, hopefully you don't have a mustache. <laughs> sorry, I had, a, I had to hear about Mate. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But we get frustrated with the 50 years and the waiting we get frustrated. But what God has called you to do is persevere in the waiting. Yes. See, so Noah actually immediately and faithfully started to do what God instructed him to do. See, faith, write this down. Faith is intertwined with obedience. Faith is intertwined. It's in the mix of obedience. I didn't have this written down, but it's one of my favorite verses of all time. It says that it is impossible, it is impossible to please God without faith, without obedience, without action, without moving, without doing, without persevering. See, we ask for a calling and the power and the grace to do something, but yet we don't respond or even move in faith after we're done hearing. And I get it. God's called you to big things. Noah had a big ark to build, but it didn't mean he just waited and tweeted his little fingers and said, okay, Lord, make it grow. He had to plant some seeds. He had to persevere. And I guarantee you that Noah was made fun of. Noah was made fun of. Like, I love using these two people in Stone and Ashley and Ricky as an example of perseverance. But, man, every time I see them, I get so much breakthrough because I see their faithfulness in worshiping God, and I get breakthrough. And, yo, I said um, at youth one time, I was like, y'all laugh at them. I do sometimes. But the most beautiful part about it, they're not concerned about man, but they're on mission for Jesus. See, it was not an overnight project. Noah didn't have an overnight project. It wasn't an overnight prophecy. And it hadn't been done before. And I love this. See, 
if Noah for a second was to compare what God told him to do instead of persevere, it would have killed us. We wouldn't be here. If Noah was like, oh, but my neighbor, Shahubatike, Shahubatike, I don't know his name. It sounds Hebrew. I don't know. Shubalabaligi, I don't know. I don't know where he's from, right? Fine, his, his neighbor, Paul. All right, cool. All right, call him Paul. What's up, Paul? Okay, Paul, build a little sailboat. I'm building a little sailboat. This boat is too much work. Like, we do this. Like, oh, but my calling is too much work. I'm just going to go back to the business world. It's been taking too much time. Ah, uh, but God's called me to tithe. How much? But he's not doing that. Oh, God's called me to serve every single Sunday, first and second service, and then come back at, at, at 7 p.m., but then come back at 6 p.m. for prayer? Oh, my gosh, my life is so hard because my time is so, so much more valuable than, sorry, I'm going after y'all tonight. But it's funny, but it's true, right? Like, we, we do this. We do this all the time. Like, oh, this person doesn't do it the way I do it. So, like, kind of do it their way. You're not called to do what everyone else is doing. See, comparison would have killed us. Criticism would have killed us if Noah let it creep in. Isn't that something? You know what's crazy? There's no other people but Noah's family in his boat. It said that Noah preached and shared the gospel of the flood to come. And no one listened. Like, I just, I just kind of think about, like, at some point of, like, of the time that he was building the ark, somebody would have been like, oh, my gosh, no, like, you need help? <laughs> like, what are you doing, bro? I'm building an ark. Blood's coming. You're crazy. No, I'm not. The Lord, the Lord told me. But there is so much criticism and hardened heart in the world that no one else wanted to listen. Kind of give me, like, a little bit of encouragement. Like, just because no one's listening to your gospel, to the good news of God, doesn't mean that no one's not, like, watching. People are watching. People are watching how you build your life. And I promise you this, because God promised us a rainbow. God is promising you that people will get in the boat. But stop letting criticize, criticism hinder your calling. See, no one was focused on walking and working faithfully with God. Noah was focused on walking and working faithfully with God. So my question is, what are you focused on? See, being heard or seen versus what God has called you to do. And I feel like this is kind of like our generation, at least my generation. Like, we want this microphone so bad. Can I be honest as a pastor for a second? If I could just, like, never have this mic ever again in my life, I would be so happy like, I, I, I'm actually called and equipped and gifted to do this right here. But I was a great salesman. I was bomb. Toot my horn, honk, honk. I was the bomb at sales. Money was good. Life was easy. Time was, like, was so awesome. I'm busy all the time now. But this right here is so worth it. I get to impact so many people, so many kids. But you cannot compare. You can't compare. Don't take what God hasn't given you. That wasn't even my notes, but put that down. Don't take what God hasn't given you. Let your life, how you work, what you do, speak for God's glory, not yourself. See, worship shows God's 
glory. See, Noah had to persevere with all the staring and all the criticism, all while doing his work. See, we're so concerned with the words of people over the worship of God. We are so concerned with the words of people over the worship of God. Like if, if, if Noah just started, like, because like people make, like criticism sounds like, a, like makes a sound. Like I feel like this is kind of like my own concept right now. Hear me out. Maybe this is Holy Spirit. Like the, the world's criticism can, be, like, can become like your worship. Like, like the, the words, the sounds of people praising you or criticizing you can become like your idol. When all along you're called to worship God. See, Noah didn't have an amazing community to lift him up. He didn't have this. He was on his own. And yet he still did it. He persevered. You can persevere. You can do it. You're not crazy. You heard from the Lord. Keep on going. And when you see a Noah who's building an ark, maybe you should stop and help him. Instead of criticizing him. Instead of going, oh, why are you doing it that way? Why are you tithing all your money? Why are you giving away all your, why are you serving next year in the church? You think you're better than me? No, how about you join him? It says this in Genesis 6, verse 9. Genesis 6, verse 9. Genesis 6, verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And I love this. He walked faithfully <laughs> with God. Like, just leave this verse up here for a second. This is going to speak for itself. Like the context of Genesis 6, the world was so corrupt. You think right now it's corrupt? The world was so corrupt. But yet Noah was able to be called a righteous man, blameless among his people. And he walked faithfully with God. See, we need to learn to walk faithfully with God, to persevere in our faith, even in the broken world today. To obey without delay or distraction. See, you can't walk with God if you're distracted. If you're like me, I can't text and drive, thank the Lord. I got the little Apple Play now. I text talk and it just comes out just like abonics, emojis everywhere. But you cannot walk with the Lord if you're distracted by the world. You need to learn how to persevere and focus on what matters most, and that's Jesus. How do you persevere? You keep your eyes fixated on Jesus. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And I'm going to keep hitting it. You have to, man, fix your eyes on Jesus. Y'all nodding your head, but man, let me tell you, when it gets hard tomorrow... When that DM comes in, when that Snapchat comes in, because you didn't delete it, and the Lord told you to delete Snapchat, youngins. <laughs> My goodness, delete it! <laughs> I'm getting so frustrated. Oh, Lord, help me, right? Don't get distracted. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When, you're, when, you're, when your Wells Fargo big account says zero dollars, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Be a good steward. <laughs> but fix your eyes on Jesus. You don't need two. You don't need two of them. Buy one. 
Delete your Amazon Prime account. Lord, help me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Stay here with Mate. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Come on. So you hear, you persevere, and you learn how to wait. See, once you walk with God, you need to learn to wait with God. Not wait on God. Wait with God. See, wait on God is the idea that uh, he'll come or he's on his way. He's already with you. See, Noah heard, responded, and then tested the season with ravens and doves. Ravens and doves. Please, please, please don't forsake the ravens and only respond to doves. If you're not Christian, you have been in the church, let me tell you what this means. And, like, I know there's some mystic stuff about ravens. Can I just counter that with one verse real fast? First Kings chapter 17, verse 6. The good prophet Elijah was fed by a raven. So the Holy Spirit would not have sent an evil, wicked being, right, to feed the prophet. No. Can I just maybe just say that the raven might have been the voice of the Holy Spirit? See, it says in the story in Genesis chapter 8, after 40 days, Noah opened the window. He made, here, can you read that? Cool. He made the ark and sent out a raven. You guys ever read that before? Like, the first time Noah sent out a bird, it wasn't a dove. It was a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth Then he sent out a dove to see the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and he took the dove and he brought it back to himself in the ark. Verse 10, he waited seven more days, number of completion. And again, sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, then there in its beak, was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew the water had receded from the earth. But my point with this right here is, please, please, please don't forsake the raven. What is the raven? It's the God-orchestrated seasons of waiting. See, God allows us seasons of being called and then seasons of waiting. You'll hear a word from the Lord, and they have to wait till he says go. Now hear me out. Like, Rob, but I thought you said Noah responded immediately. Yes, Noah prepared. Noah built. Noah did. He worked, but he also waited. Like, hear me out. Why would he build an ark and then just hop in it with no water? That'd be weird. What if Noah just jumped out of the ark before sitting the raven down? Or the dove. Or the second dove. We wouldn't have Noah. You wouldn't have you, sweetheart. (laughs) But we cannot forsake the God-orchestrated seasons of waiting. But while you're waiting, you have to stay working. You have to stay working. So you can't stop eating and feeding the animals in the ark in that season. They would have all died. (laughs) It's kind of funny, like, to think about, like, Noah's like, okay, it's time. Oh, not time. Sorry, animals. Gotta wait a little bit longer. 
lion eats the bear and the bear or, or eat the bird. I don't know how what would happen in there. There's probably poop everywhere, right? And haystacks, and I don't know what's gonna happen in the ark. Right? It's gonna be crazy. Chaos in the ark. Noah had to keep on working. And it's kind of, you see your image now? You see it happening? Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah, right? What's going on? You're not working, Noah. Keep working. Gosh. My brain is so imaginative, guys. I'm so sorry. I just had a whole scene. Like, I was in, because this wood here. I'm like, oh, this is the ark. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Lion, watch out. Tiger. Oh, oh, my. That was funny. See, you can't stop working on your character while you're waiting. You can't stop working on your heart, running towards grace or forgiving others while you're waiting for God to tell you to go. When he opens up those doors, you need to continue to work. But you're probably asking, all right, Pastor Rob, I get it. I have to continue to work and work on my heart. Work on my relationship with Jesus. Grow my character and my strength, my accountability, my community. I have to keep on working on those things, yes, but when is it time for me to go? When you test it and there's peace. When you test it and there's peace. Hey, you want to know a little secret about like when, it, like, when to test it? All right, put up four fingers. This is an old uh, little thing I learned when I was a, a youngin in faith. All right, bless you. Bless you again, T, and again. I'm so goofy. I'm done. I was keeping going. I was going to keep on blessing her. <laughs> so peace, the four peace to get to peace. Okay, the first one is pastors, okay? Pinky promised me you will go to your pastors. All right, it was for a second, put your hands down fast. Can I just say something? Your pastors care for you. They're not here to make your life miserable or to hold you back or to break you or make you cry, even though it might happen. Can I just tell you your pastor actually cares for you? We care for you. We want to see you walk in the peace that God has provided for you. My God, don't miss out on the peace and provision of the Lord because you are so prideful. The opposite of the four Ps is your pride. I'm getting ahead of myself, but please, please, please go to your pastors first. Pastors, other one right here, parents. And now I get it like, oh, my parents aren't spiritual. They don't believe in Jesus. They're not Christians. They're not strong in faith. They don't believe what I believe. I'm talking about your, 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 your spiritual fathers and, and mothers. If you don't have a Bob Grove or a Shar Grove, can I just tell you, find you a Christian parent in the faith, an elder, right? Someone who's been there through the ups and downs. And honestly, they can spank you a little bit harder than a pastor can. Like, it sounds funny, but like a pastor can't lay hands on you, but a parent can. They're a little bit harder, a little bit more real. Other one is peers. Peers. Okay, your peers. Now, your peers is your community, Right? People who are walking and going the same direction you're going. The same direction. (laughs) The same direction. Some of you guys go to your peers and ask them for directions and for approval. And, bro, they're not going the same way you want to be going. 
And I'm saying you can still have friends who aren't going the same way you're going because the hope is that they follow you to where they should be going. But please do not go to the peer who is going the wrong way for the right direction. Doesn't make sense. If Ivan's going to McCall and I'm trying to get back to Boise, I'm going to go, hey, Ivan, show me where Boise's at. Follow me, Rob. I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> Zoom. I'm on the wrong way. <laughs> I'm going to fall down. <laughs> okay? Ask your peers who are going the right way. And the last one is prayer because prayer, pouring into Jesus, is the most important thing. And if all four have peace, you're good to go. If all four have peace, then it's good to go. And maybe if it doesn't have peace in it, you should wait. (laughs) You should probably wait and keep on working on the things God has called you to do. Now I'm saying this. If if it's a no, don't get heartbroken. It's a challenge. Keep growing. It's a blessing. Like, could you imagine if, 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 (laughs) that's so funny. If, if Noah was like, all right, time to go. I have peace. Open up the windows, let the flood in, whoosh. <laughs> and then it comes shark, right? It'll be horrible. It'll be Jaws in the Old Testament. You're laughing, but that's his life because you go too soon before there's peace and you open up doors that weren't be opened up yet. And the sharks come in and they gobble all the blessings. <laughs> all right? It's fun, but it makes sense, though, right? Like, I'm goofy, but it's making sense, right? I'm a youth pastor, so I'm pretty, like, imaginative, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but for peace. For peace. All right? Write that down. That's, that's, that's for you for you to live on. Your pastors, your spiritual parents, your peers and prayers, if they all have peace, then it's good to go. If it's not, just hold on. Just hold on. Just, just wait a little bit. Keep work, keep working. Does it make a sense? Yes, good. Yes. All right. So you have the peace, and now it's time to go. No, go. But so no, but we're going work though. Go, Ricky. You're right. You're right, Rick. Because here's here's the cool part. No one is called to stay in the boat forever. You're not called to stay in the boat forever. You're called to go. See, waiting too long will end up hurting yourself and the people around you. Like my wife in the roundabouts, right? Pulling a little hezzy. Guys, I'm not even going to lie to you guys, man. I've been so blessed that I'm safe right now. Because there's been times I'm like, I got this. Not you. Not you. See, dang. If you're guilty, you're guilty, though, right, babe? But look, (laughs) if you go, when I go, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need some water, right? He needs some milk, right? <laughs> Y'all pray for me. <laughs> look, look, look. There's been times in my life that if I, I was so hesitant on the go, that I should have been destroyed. God is good, though. He's gracious. He'll protect you, right? He'll protect you, but you might get a little. Oh gosh, a little, little buckle, a little brace, you know. Oh God, you know. Oh God, what's going on, you know? So when it's time, why do the why do bells do that at the worst time? Sorry, tangent. The bells they lock up at the worst time. 
like at Starbucks. Here you go. <laughs> Why do they do this too? Put the card in the tab. Like, I can't even reach the thing, man. Like, Dutch Bros, hop in my car. It's so much easier. See, so what do you do when it's time to go? We're not all called to stay in the boat. Because waiting too long, it will hurt you and the people around you. See, we weren't saved only to be sealed in. Hear me out. We're not saved by the boat to be sealed in by the boat. You having your salvation is not a death sentence. That is going to preach to somebody in the back who was asleep. Lord, wake him up. Come on. Your salvation is not meant to keep you sealed in. You following Jesus is not a death sentence. It's a life sentence. It is full of adventure and joy, risk and reward, signs and wonders, battles and victories with stories to be told. See, the point of our salvation isn't just for ourselves. It's to spread it, to share the good news, to live the good news, to work, like Ricky said. And I get it sometimes we feel like we're called to go and we go out, but we get frustrated. Because, can I be honest, frustration comes from the lack of faith and the abundance of fear. Frustration comes from the lack of faith and the abundance of fear. Frustration comes from lack of faith and the abundance of fear. I got you, sweetheart. I got you. I'm on your team. Frustration comes... From lack of faith and the abundance of fear. Amen. See, there's, and I wrote this down, and it's funny because there's poop in places that God provided a door out. No, no, hear me out. It's funny. But it, no, like, just listen. I know I'm being funny, but I'm trying to, like, add laughter to where your heart can be open because y'all don't want to hear this, man. Like, we, we hear so many messages about the goodness of God, but yet we don't respond. And then we get frustrated because there's poop all around us, and it's sticky, and it's nasty, and it's grimy. Like, why am I in this terrible, frustrating place? Because you had lack of faith, and you were afraid of going out. Afraid of what the world's going to say. Afraid of if what God didn't really tell you to go out and do it. If you, if you open up the door, is, it, is there going to be water still? You already have peace. Just go. Do what God's told you to do. Stop looking behind you where you had all the mess and all the work and move forward to what God's providing for you. Man, it's time to respond in faith to go. See, don't fear the provision of God. Don't fear the provision of God. He doesn't open doors and then force you into a place of lack. He doesn't open up doors, provide ways out of things, only to force you in a place of lack. He's a God of abundance. And frustration, I said it was lack of faith and, and fear, but honestly, frustration can come from this little devil. As one of these really good theologians last rapper said, proud is a devil, Right? Frustration can really be a part of can really be a part of pride too. A lot of our frustrations can come from pride as the band comes up. What is pride? When you go too soon. When you go too soon. Some of us are frustrated 
because we went too soon. We got, we got, you know, some peace from our parents and we got some peace from our peers and then we got some peace from not really our pastor, but we went on YouTube and Googled time for me to go or time for me to date this girl. Can I just be honest for a second, y'all? Your pastor is where you're at. Pastor Tracy, Pastor Garrison, they're your guys' pastor. Yo, Craig Rochelle, Stephen Furtick, not your pastor. They're good teachers. But you can't call Steve and say, yo, Steve. My God, first off, you call Steve, Steve, you're in trouble, right? But you can't call him. He doesn't know you, sweetheart. Go to the pastor that knows you. Who's, 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 who's actually pastoring you? Because frustration can be a part of pride. And you can go, I don't want their help. I don't want their provision. I don't want to go to God. Because you already know the answer. Some of us are so frustrated because we went too soon. And when you don't wait for the peace, you make yourself God. And you're not God and you can't carry that weight. You can't carry that weight. So we're called to do this. And the whole band can come up. Sorry. Oh, you look good. Hi, sweetheart. You guys, pause. I mean, this, this is, I think this is good for you guys to hear, actually. I think this is the Holy Spirit. Um, I was, that was my first year of interns. And um, I'll be honest, I was still immature in faith. Yeah, no, it's true, I was. And I went to Twin Falls because Pastor Mark Francis said, hey, Rob, there's a youth conference in Twin Falls. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll do it. It's going to be sick, like 10,000 kids. Yeah, I want the mic, dude. I don't know why I sound like that. That's weird. I didn't sound like that. That wasn't me at all. But I go to, I go to Twin Falls, and um, I think Ivan was with me the first time, right? Second night was Jay. And uh, I don't know where you're at, Jay. Hey, Jay. And I, and, I, and I get to Twin Falls, and I remember on the way, I was like, God, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll preach in Alaska. I'll preach to five. I'll preach to five million. God, just use me however you seem fit. And I get into this small little weird gym of youth kids that are all white and like in 4-H. And I'm like, man, what do I get myself into? It's true. And I get there, and I'm humbled by the Holy Spirit. And there's this girl, this woman, who's in the top left corner playing the piano. And she sounds so sweet. I look at her and I go, wow, who's that? That's cool. That looks good. I want one of those. <laughs> and Jay... Being a good best friend, right? One of, the, one of my peers said, bro, no peace. You're preaching, man. Focus on the message, right? And I'm like, I'm sweating. I don't know how to focus right now. That's crazy. And after I, I preached the message, I thought it was decent. I don't know what I preached about, honestly. I couldn't even tell you anymore. I remember Pastor Mark said, hey, how was it? I was like, good. There's this beautiful girl there. He goes, oh, Danielle, huh? I'm like, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's so great. He goes, you're not ready yet. And can I be honest? Hey, I'll be real. I'll be real. I was raw in faith. I had a pretty bad past. 
but I will always respond well to criticism from my pastors. I will sponge everything they say. I ask for criticism from my pastors probably too much, all the time. And I said, okay, I'll take that. And I waited. And I waited. Did second year interns? I waited until God gave me, my pastors, my parents, her parents, the Lord, peace. And now I got a ring on it, though. So it's okay to wait. Hey, waiting is worth it. Hey, hey, waiting is worth it. Waiting is worth it. Perseverance. I have opportunities. She had opportunities to go. We had to wait. We had to work on our character. Work on forgiveness. Work on grace. Work on mercy. Work on my skills. Work on how do I manage my time and my finances. I had to work. But it was worth it. So as we stand up, I mean, I really feel like, I, I, I hope it wasn't just too funny. Um, I, I hope your, your heart's open with some laughter because I really feel like God has called all of us here. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.